It's make or break for Aaron O'Toole today in caucus. Plus, we'll deconstruct a red Tories defense of Aaron O'Toole. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into The Candace Malcolm Show. Today is a big day for Aaron O'Toole and the Conservative Party of Canada, and we'll break that all down and explain what's going on and what is at stake. Uh, but first, if you are a fan of True North, if you like what we do here at The Candace Malcolm Show, I encourage you to stay connected with True North. Make sure that you never miss one of these videos. As you know, we're doing The Candace Malcolm Show every single day, so we don't want you to miss out. So if you're watching on YouTube right now, don't forget to like this video, subscribe to True North, and make sure that you hit that little red notification bell so that you never miss a video. If you're watching on Facebook, make sure that you like the True North page. Drop us a comment in the in the comment section. Let us know uh, what you think of the show, whether you have any other uh, story ideas that we should be covering here on the program. And don't forget to share this video. And if you're listening to the show in podcast form, please, please, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps us out. So whether that's on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe to The Candace Malcolm Show. So thank you so much for that. So what's happening right now in Ottawa, the Conservative Caucus is meeting for its first caucus meeting since the election on September 20th, since the disappointing election. So we have all the incoming and outgoing MPs. There's nine MPs who lost, nine Conservative MPs who lost, plus I think 119 who got elected or re-elected. And so they're all in Ottawa, they're all in a room right now. And from what I understand, it is intense. Um, They really are fighting for the heart and soul of the party. I uh, went through uh, yesterday explaining sort of an insider's take after talking to a couple of MPs explaining what was going on. So if you want to go back and get a better understanding of what happens at caucus and what's at stake, uh, check out yesterday's episode. Today, I mean, right now we don't know what's happening because they're still in the room, they're locked up. Uh, We're going to have to wait uh, till the meetings end to really get a better sense of what happened. Uh, But there is a lot of speculation, a lot of uh, rumors being pushed out, a lot of uh, journalists speaking to their sources, their sources telling them X, Y, or Z. And so we, we, we sort of have like a mixed um, understanding of what might be going on. So I want to highlight a couple of the interesting scoops that I did see on social media, and I will give you my reaction. So first we have Evan Solomon over at CTV. He writes this, he says, Scooplet, today Conservative Party of Canada Senator Michael McDonald sent a letter to Conservative Caucus urging a vote for a leadership review of Aaron O'Toole. Voting in favor of a review vote is not pleasant, but it is necessary. The status quo under the present circumstances is a mistake. So there is a longer story in the Globe and Mail about this. So McDonald sent out an email, a letter to all of caucus, um, basically urging them to vote on the Reform Act. So so as I explained in the show yesterday, uh, there's two sort of separate things that happen. The first is uh, what they call like an airing, airing of the grievances. Everyone lines up at the microphones and just, you know, lets Aaron O'Toole uh, have a piece of their mind, lets them hear it. This is what you guys did wrong. This is what you need to do better. Next time, this is what my constituents he, uh, are saying. This is what I'm hearing uh, from the conservative base, et cetera, et cetera. And that's the part of the meeting that includes both incoming and outgoing um, MPs. So we also have to hear from the the handful of people who lost, uh, presumably because he uh, abandoned conservative principles um, and his strategy failed. So, uh, you know, three seats were lost in Alberta, handful of seats in uh, British Columbia and in the 905 around Toronto as well. So 
So that's one aspect of it. Uh, then, then all the um, MPs who lost leave and the remaining caucus day, and they vote on a bunch of procedural stuff, including the Reform Act, which is something that was introduced back in 2015 by Michael Chong. Uh, just giving the, um, it, th th there's four aspects of it, but, but the one that uh, McDonald is talking about is giving caucus the power to call a leadership review. Um, so, so it would give caucus the power to say, uh, you know, we, we, we want a new leader. We don't, we don't like this guy. We want a new leader. And uh, that would be something new. So when Evan Solomon says urging a vote for a leadership review, um, it's not even necessarily a vote for leadership review of Aaron O'Toole. He's talking about just giving them the power uh, to do that. But then if you uh, read this Globe and Mail story, uh, he does go into some detail about how he believes that Aaron O'Toole is not the right man for the job. So this is a quote from the letter. It says, The only conclusion that can be drawn from these numbers is that the leader's conscious decision to move the Conservative Party to the left has been a strategic failure, as we not only failed to make breakthrough in the GTA as promised, we actually lost seats. So McDonald is not happy. And this is interesting, too, because he is a senator from Nova Scotia, not exactly considered a uh, very conservative stronghold in the country. So if this is what a conservative out east, out in the Maritimes, uh, thinks of Aaron O'Toole, then boy, is he in trouble. So it will be interesting to watch out uh, for that. And again, we'll keep you posted. Next scoop we saw came from David Aiken over at Global News. And David Aiken is an incredibly plugged-in reporter. He knows a lot of people in Ottawa, and so I trust him and his sources uh, usually. So this is what he said last night. He said, MPs are being urged to vote yes to giving themselves power to dump a leader, but I'm told that should not be interpreted as intent to use that power to dump Aaron O'Toole, who seems to have enough caucus support to carry on. And that's what I've been hearing as well. David Aiken goes on though, he says this, but here's the kicker about Tuesday's conservative caucus meeting. Aaron O'Toole, an insider says, is looking to take a snap caucus vote on his leadership, a public vote. Stand up if you're with me, stand up if you're against me. We'll all be behind closed doors, but interesting. So, wow, that would be quite the power move if Aaron O'Toole just invited everyone in the room and said, guys, before we go any further, I want to know exactly where you stand. That's that's pretty gutsy. Uh, I don't think there's any precedent for that. In fact, the MPs that I've spoken to um, says that, 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 that he couldn't do that, that he wouldn't actually have uh, any standing, that a, that a vote like that wouldn't have any validity. Um, but it would be like a power move just to show, uh, basically to shame the people who are against him, and then he could probably uh, punish them in some way. So it's, it's almost like a Soviet-style um, act. I'm, I'm not discrediting David Aiken. I think I think he probably did hear that. If Aaron O'Toole actually does that, then wow, he's got uh, gall, and uh, I guess good for him. That's, that's quite the power move. But uh, again, pretty uh, pretty divisive way to run a party, if you ask me. Uh, next leak we saw came from Kean Bexie, the independent reporter out in Alberta. He says this: Conservative Party insiders say that the Alberta caucus is furious with O'Toole's performance at 25% of caucus membership. Alberta meets the 28% threshold to call a leadership review. So this is technically true. If every single Alberta MP uh, were to vote against Aaron O'Toole, uh, it would it would meet the, the, the numbers that he's saying are correct. However, uh, this is just not the case. Uh, we know this because we can look at the uh, public support that Aaron O'Toole has received. Right after the election, a whole bunch of MPs came out and led their support to Aaron O'Toole, including a handful of folks in Alberta, people like Garnet Jenis, Michelle Rempel, and I believe Lee Blake Richardson. So this whole idea that every single MP in Alberta is against 
Aaron Schultz is not true. That's just not the case. And uh, my friend uh, Lee Humphrey made that point as well. He says, I'm not really much of an insider anymore, but I've spoken to several folks who still are, and I've not heard anything like this. In fact, I'm hearing O'Toole is safer by the day. And, and yes, this is what I'm hearing as well, that yes, there's a, a handful of people that are really mad, really disappointed, uh, want Aaron O'Toole to receive the same kind of treatment that Andrew Scheer received and want him out. Uh, but the, but that's not the majority. That's not even the plurality of caucus. Most people just don't want to rock the boat. They don't want another leadership review. They recognize that Aaron O'Toole has only been in office uh, as leader for uh, about a year when the campaign started, a little over a year, and that he hasn't really had the opportunity um, to lead the party. So, so, so that's just what I'm hearing. That's definitely not my opinion, but that's, that's what I'm hearing will happen in caucus today. Now, I want to step back and show you something interesting that appeared in the Toronto Star over the weekend. Now, as you know, the Toronto Star is the worst, most left-wing newspaper in the country. They have a social justice mandate. It is written into their editorial position. They follow something called the Atkins Principle. So they are an activist journalism outlet whose goal and who all of their journalism is guided to make Canada a more left-wing progressive, woke country. And so, but for some reason, um, conservatives still uh, leak stories to the star. They still submit op-eds to the star. They still somehow want to win over the star's audience, which is a huge, huge mistake. Uh, but regardless, I digress. On Saturday, they had uh, two really interesting op-eds that appeared side by side, and it was uh, it was a debate. The Saturday debate, should the conservative party keep Aaron O'Toole as leader? And as you would expect, the people who would um, read and submit things to the Toronto Star. So we have two um, ultra-connected conservative insiders to former senior, senior staff members uh, for the Harper Conservative government, who are now both consultants. So on the yes side, we have Andrew McDougall, who is a director at Trafalgar Strategy, who was previously director of communication to former Prime Minister Stephen Harper. And on the no side, on the side saying get rid of Aaron O'Toole, is Jenny Byrne, who's the CEO of Jenny Byrne Associates, a former deputy chief of staff and national campaign director to Prime Minister Stephen Harper. So like I said, senior insiders for the Conservative Party, very well-known uh, people within the Conservative movement. So I, I want to go through the yes side because I think it explains exactly the mindset of Red Tories and why they think that O'Toole should stay. And I'll go through a bit of Jenny Burns because it's it's pretty good. I'll just I'll just say it's pretty good. So so Andrew McDougall starts by saying, losing to the hated Justin Trudeau is a firing offense for most Conservatives. Just ask Andrew Scheer. But what should happen to a Conservative leader who fights Trudeau to a draw with the deck stacked against him and with with one hand tied behind his back. Does he deserve a different fate? So he goes on to say how the deck was stacked against uh, Aaron O'Toole, mostly because Justin Trudeau spent hundreds of billions of dollars during the pandemic, uh, kind of bribing Canadians with their own money right up until the election when he actually sent $500 out to seniors during the campaign. Uh, so yeah, most Canadians were just grateful for the help and they didn't recognize that they were being bribed. So. I'll, I'll concede that point. That is right. And then, but then he goes into the policy and he says this is for the one hand tied behind his back. O'Toole faces a scenario in which 75 to 80 percent of Canadians support vaccine mandates, with most of the holdouts either supporting his party or Maxime Bernier's party to the right. Lest we forget, Trudeau's government also did a solid job procuring vaccines. The reality left precious little room for O'Toole to maneuver on the biggest issue of the day. Despite these pressures, O'Toole didn't take the bait and indulge the anti-vaccination crowd, even if it might have pulled some of that support back. That showed good judgment. So, so right off the bat, 
The position is not to lead the country, not to be a politician who has convictions, who believes in their own principles, who carves their own path and grabs policy uh, based on their core beliefs. It, it all comes down to polls. It all comes down to uh, the strategy behind the percentage and which wedge issues you can run on. And this drives so many Canadians crazy. It's like, it's like everything is based on the strategy, the polling, the micro-targeting, and, and, you, and you don't believe what you're saying. You're not authentic. You're not putting out a position that you believe in because you think it's right for the country. You're basing it all on what pollsters tell you to say. So, so I guess this is Andrew McDougall trying to say that Aaron O'Toole was smart and strong. But to me, when I read this, it just shows weakness and a lack of authenticity because you're just basing your policies on uh, what the polls are telling you. And then he goes on to uh, really make it clear. So he says how Aaron O'Toole started the campaign strong. The polls reflected that. And then he kind of fell back and, and went flat around the time of the first debate. And this, he says, is largely on account of his inability to explain why his platform included a repeal of gun regulations put in by the Liberals. The slide could be down to O'Toole's fluffed comms on the issues, or it could be drawn from the fact that people in vote-rich urban suburban areas don't understand why anyone needs a semi-automatic weapon. Either way, an election is a hell of a time to try to explain the nuance of Canadian gun use and gun control. So here we have it. The, 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 the entire idea is that during a campaign, you don't try to defend your ideas, you don't try to defend principles like the idea that there's nothing wrong with owning a gun legally, and those people don't aren't the ones that commit crimes by and large. Um, but but no, it's just that um, Trudeau picked up this wedge issue and he was correct to do it and the Conservatives are flat-footed. And again, this is such a bad strategy. This is Aaron O'Toole lost because he was listening to comms people like Andrew McDougall giving this kind of advice. Because the whole idea that Aaron O'Toole should lose on an issue like crime, crime is bread and butter issue for Conservatives. Aaron O'Toole is supposed to be a law and order guy. You flip this issue immediately. As soon as Justin Trudeau starts talking about guns, you say, you want to start talking about crime, Mr. Trudeau? Let's talk about your record. Let's talk about your decision. Um, to lessen sentences for dangerous criminals, violent criminals caught with illegal guns. Let's talk about Canada's revolving door prison system. Show some conviction. Talk about conservative principles. Flip the issue. Own the issue. That's what conservatives expect. That's what we want to see. And so this whole idea coming back that, oh, he shouldn't have never have had this gun stuff in the platform to begin with. It's like, okay, we get it. This is what red Tories believe. They don't want anything conservative in the platform. And instead of blaming Aaron O'Toole for really just handling that so poorly, he goes back and says, oh, it never should have been in the platform. And then he concludes it all by just saying, besides running another leadership race in a pandemic would be an invitation to a civil war and switching horses when Trudeau is trending towards the glue factory would be a mistake. It would be better for conservatives to improve the leader they've got. So basically the reasons to keep the guy are that we don't really want to have to do this again, which is not a very compelling, not a very exciting uh, answer. And even the people that they get to defend Aaron O'Toole have to do it half-heartedly and do it based on uh, blaming everyone around Aaron O'Toole and not him and kind of doubling down on this idea that we need to have more liberal policies in the conservative platform. On the other side, we have Jenny Byrne. Jenny Byrne is, uh, sure, she's a conservative insider, but I think she's still very much a member of the base and she understands uh, conservatism and the principles behind it. So her piece is much, much, much more critical. So she starts off by saying, from a political perspective, the conservative campaign was the most disappointing. CBC ran on a platform of political expediency, hoping for a win at all costs and ending up with no wins at all. The party has fewer seats and a lower share of the popular vote than it did in 2019. It is less urban and less ethnically diverse than at any point in modern history. And so she says, for that reason, O'Toole's strategy to run as a liberal failed. 
She says he did run a tactically good campaign. He made the decision to run as a liberal, not to the center, as some commenters have said. There was little contrast between the conservatives and the liberals. People had no distinct reason to cast their vote for the conservatives, and I suspect many people who voted for us in the past simply didn't vote at all. The argument to keep O'Toole as leader of the party, therefore, is purely an emotional one. It is not based on facts or results. Many people speaking for O'Toole in the months leading up to the campaign said the conservatives needed to sacrifice votes in Alberta to win in Ontario. Campaigns are not board games, and if they are, they're more like monopoly than risk. You can't simply move votes from one area of the country to another. You must build support on what you already have. O'Toole's carbon tax promised to amend rather than repeal Bill C-69, the anti-pipeline bill, and constant flipping on gun control and free votes cost him the election. The most effective attack the Liberals had against O'Toole was that he would say anything to get elected. It was effective because it was true. I'm just going to keep reading from this because it's so good. Okay, she goes on to say, if the Conservative Party truly intends to provide Canadians a meaningful government in waiting, they must now have the fight that no one wants to have. The decisions on what happens next must be based on fact. The argument to stay the course can't be on the sense that we don't have the stomach for a leadership race. That's bad for the party, bad for democracy, and ultimately bad for the country. The Conservatives are a diverse coalition of Canadians from across the country. Fiscal Conservatives, Western and Democratic reformers, Social Conservatives, Red Tories, and Libertarians are part of the coalition. There is the head and the heart of the movement. The head wants to win and chooses leaders who appeal to Canadians. The heart wants to make sure core conservative values are adhered to and followed at the same time. Our coalition is right now being held together by the thinnest of strengths, dislike for Justin Trudeau. Parts of the coalition no longer feel like they have a political home. O'Toole won the CBC leadership race by stating that he was a true blue conservative. He said he was the only person who could win the next election and keep the coalition together. Not only was that never true, O'Toole has fractured the party for the first time since its creation. My fear is that with O'Toole at the helm, the coalition will continue to unravel. For the good of the conservative movement and the health of the conservative party, we need our leader to be able to proudly take principled stance, keep our coalition together, and grow our support across the country. Conservative members need to take a hard look as to whether Aaron O'Toole is the person and do it soon. I couldn't have said it any better myself. I absolutely echo those points. And again, today is going to be a big day. We'll be back again tomorrow and we will break down exactly what happens inside the Conservative Caucus. I'm Candace Malcolm and this is the Candace Malcolm Show.